From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you. As the Lord allows us, this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m., and the program repeats those same days at 10 p.m., also archived on our website. Uh, You can watch it live right now if you're listening at 4 o'clock on this June 3rd on our uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia, also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And uh, hoping you um, fared well in the storm. I just went outside. The sun is out. Uh, a little steamy, but um, nary a cloud in the sky. But boy, oh boy, did we get hit before. And so hard did we get hit before that our AM, or one of our AMs, 1260 AM, is down right now. Of course, that's I'm coming to you from uh, that location. That's where our main uh, studio is. But for some reason, the transmitter has um, <clears throat> stopped. We don't know why, but we are on our other three stations. Also, all of our media platforms are streaming audio and our video. But uh, 1260 AM is down right now. Engineers are on their way uh, to see what the problem might be. So we apologize for that. Uh, unfortunately, have no control over that. The weather played a part in that. So uh, just pray, pray, pray. You know, <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another. We had a similar situation with our transmitter in Cape May last week that went on the blink. We're now, I think, running at half power in Cape May. So uh, there's always something, you know, there's always something that uh, keeps us on our toes and keeps us praying. So that's good. That's a good thing, right? So keep praying for us, my friends, and, uh, uh, you know, just take it a day at a time. Well, it is Wednesday, and our Holy Father earlier today over in Rome did uh, continue his uh, teaching on prayer at his Wednesday general audience, so I want to share some of that with you. And I also want to talk a little bit about, you know, I I don't like to get into politics, and I don't want to get into politics per se, but I mentioned it briefly yesterday about the Archbishop of Washington um, calling the president's uh, action walking across the street from the White House over to St. John's Church uh, reprehensible. I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about that, um, uh, just something that, that is— and I'm sorry, it was also the John, it was John Paul II shrine or center where he went to sign uh, Religious Freedom Act We'll talk more about that. I, I just think it needs to be said. You know, I'm not one. I respect um, the office that that particular archbishop is in, but I, I think it's in this day and this time, it's not the time for that to uh, start uh, getting into politics. He should just. But anyway, let's. We'll talk more about that. Let, let's pray first. Um, I also want to fill you in, my friends. Again, you know, prayer is so powerful. Um, I mentioned to you yesterday that um, we had uh, our young friend Maria was having a difficult time, and um, her parents asked for prayer 
Um, and then there was a peace and a calm that settled over them. And I, I know it was by the prayers that we pray here all the time and so many other people around the world praying for her. However, last night, early, actually early this morning around 3.30, I did receive a text from her dad that they had to rush Maria to the hospital. And um, her vitals were fluctuating, they said, and she wasn't responding. Um, they were praying whether to put her on a ventilator or not uh, earlier. Again, this is around 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I sent the word out to so many people, and I know they did too, uh, her parents, to get people praying. And uh, I, uh, today, again, it was around the 3 o'clock, around the hour of mercy, that I received a text from her dad saying, miraculously, Maria's heart rate, respiration, and pulse just went to relative normal. It was around the time that the storm passed through. Uh, she's still in tough shape, and her numbers are fluctuating, but uh, they asked me to let you know. And that the staff there just, again, baffled. They, they, they can't, they have no scientific explanation for it. Um, Maria is still on oxygen, but not a ventilator, and uh, with just a, a high flow of oxygen that she's receiving. So I said I would pass that along. We'll certainly include this in our prayers today. And as we've been saying all along, you know, when, when uh, Maria was diagnosed with this tumor on her brainstem back in January of 2019, so it's almost a year and a half ago, the doctors, uh, when they determined that it was an inoperable tumor, really didn't give much hope for her surviving more than three to six months. And as I said, that's almost a year and a half ago. During that time, there have been so many um, examples of faith and trust, hope, conversion. Um, you know, and we've been praying for the miracle. We've been praying that by our Lord's healing touch, just by willing it, that that tumor would disappear. It's still there, and obviously still having great adverse effects on this young woman's health. However, faith is stronger, trust is stronger, hope is stronger. And so we continue to pray that all of this is in the wake of Maria's suffering. So let's continue to pray, my brothers and sisters, for her, for her family, that, again, that God's will be done, whatever God's will is. Right now, God's will is this young lady is still here with us. She is suffering. But we know that as a, as a, a result of that suffering, there are so many good fruits coming from that. So we'll keep praying for that intention. Also, let's pray for our country. You know, there's so much division, so much anger, and I think a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion out there, um, especially with our young people. I think our young people, you know, those of us who are in our 60s, 70s, we grew up at, at a time, you know, in the 1960s when the um, racial issue in this country really came to a head you know, with the civil rights uh, action and... and um, the movement that was taking place throughout that decade and beyond, but especially in the 60s with Martin Luther King and those who followed him. 
Um, and we've lived through this before, haven't we? And we need to pray, we need to pray for peace. We need to pray for understanding. We need to pray because uh, I think the majority of this country, I'm praying that I myself, like you, um, look at all people as children of God, no matter what their their race or creed or background is. We all believe that we are all children of God and equal in his sight. You know, our, our country is founded on all people being created equal by the creator. And as I said, if you're my age or older, we lived through this 50 years ago. And it's back. And I'm not quite sure why. I know there will always be, has always been, always, is, and always will be those individuals who, who have uh, hatred for other people be, because of things like their race, their religion, etc. But I think the culture as a whole has certainly evolved into a culture of, of acceptance and, and unity and equality in many, many areas, no matter what people are saying. I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm not saying that there is, you know, no division on the basis of race. There is. So we need to pray for unity and unification, understanding, love. You know, we're all, as I said, and as you know, children of God. So let's pray our prayers. And, of course, we're going to pray for an end to this pandemic. I'm pretty tired of it. Uh, I want things to get back to normal. Not a new normal. I don't like that term. I want things to get back to normal. I shared with you yesterday that uh, in Italy, the docs and doctors are, are saying that uh, in Italy, that virus pretty much doesn't clinically even exist anymore. And I believe by the hand of God, and I pray the same thing happens here soon, and that it just, we never see it again or hear from it or of it again. And we can, we can pray that. We, we have great power. You know, we, we, those, uh, we who are people of faith have the greatest weapons on earth in prayer. We do. People will never understand that, and people will mock that. But we do. We have the greatest weapon available to mankind, that is prayer. And we can pray this virus away. We can pray hatred away. We can pray. But we have to pray that hearts are open to God's love and mercy and charity. So let's pray this pandemic away, and let's pray for unity and peace and all of your special intentions, my friends, as we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God, in this present tragic situation when the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety. We fly to you, Mother of God, and our Mother, and seek refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes toward us amid this coronavirus pandemic. Comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill with hope those who are troubled by the uncertainty of the future and the consequences of the economy and employment. 
Mother of God and our Mother, pray for us to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and that hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son as you did at Cana, so that the families of the sick and the victims be comforted and their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect doctors, nurses, health workers, and volunteers who are on the front line of this emergency and are risking their lives to save others. Support their heroic effort and grant them strength, generosity, and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and to priests who, in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel, are trying to help and support everyone. Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Support national leaders that, with wisdom, solicitude, and generosity, they may come to the aid of those lacking the basic necessities of life and may devise social and economic solutions inspired by farsightedness and solidarity. Mary, most holy, stir our consciences so that the enormous funds invested in developing and stockpiling arms will instead be spent on promoting effective research on how to prevent similar tragedies from occurring in the future. Beloved Mother, help us to realize that we are all members of one great family and to recognize the bond that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity, we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and, and need, make us strong in faith, persevering in service, constant in prayer. Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his all-powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume its normal course. To you who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and also the Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother, as Holy Father asked us to pray these prayers specifically to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you so much for praying. And, and please keep all of those intentions in your prayers. Uh, you know, it's just every day we come together. I, I think it's uh, always the greatest blessing I think we can receive each day to be able to start our time together in prayer. Uh, you know, uh, the mandates and the orders 
can't demand that we can't do this. They can't say you're too close. We can be uh, so tightly together and united in spirit, no governmental order can uh, tell us that we can't do this. And so we have this wonderful opportunity to to be uh, united from across so many miles. And now with all the technology that we use from around the world, to be able to come together in prayer and pray for these intentions. And there is such enormous power in that. Power that we, you know, we have in our heart. It's, 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 as I said, it's the most powerful weapon on earth, spiritually, that we have in the prayer that we pray. And what a great thing this is that we have every day that we come together to be so united from across so many miles uh, to pray with and for each other. So keep those prayers coming. Let's pray for each other. We need your prayers here at the Apostolate, my friends. Uh, you know, we're, we're in this time of year that every year is traditionally a tough time for us, June, July, August, the summertime months. For as long as I've been doing this, if I had to draw a graph on peaks and valleys month by month in our uh, fundraising efforts. Uh, you, I, it would show every year, I guarantee, every single year uh, that the summer months were the toughest. They were the ones with the biggest dip. Now, this year may be a little different because um, of the way things are. But we may not have as many people going away on vacation, you know, getting out of regular routine. We've been out of routine uh, since March, basically. So we'll see. But I did look at the numbers. Um, and we did see some dip in our donations over the past couple of months. So I'm just going to ask you, please, uh, to continue to support us. If you're already supporting us, please do that. If you can throw in a little extra summertime gift, that would be great. If you are a listener or a viewer and you've been meaning to make a donation, please take the time to do that because we do count on you. Again, we don't get our support from anywhere else but from you, our family of listeners and viewers. So I'll give you the address. It's a Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton 08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton 08628. Or you can go to uh, our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, click on the Donate Now button, Make a donation of your choice, whatever's comfortable for you. Just go to domesticchurchmedia.org and click on Donate Now. Or you can text to donate by texting the word DONATE to 609-493-8255. Just text the word DONATE to 609-493-8255. You'll be sent back a link to our donation page. Just follow that link and make a donation of your choice, whatever works for you. We need this apostolate here as we've been here. As I said the other day, you know, we're into a phase one, phase two, whatever phase. I don't even know what phase we're in. But pl- things and places and states and are reopening. And I said, we, 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 we're not reopening because we never close. We've always been here. Uh, we've worked hard to make sure that we are here for you 24-7. And we want to be here for you. And we're coming up this coming September, September 15th, we'll mark our 
12th anniversary on the air on 1260. We went on the air in 2008. So this will mark our 12th anniversary on the air on 1260, which, by the way, if you're just tuning in and you're trying to get 1260, 1260 is not on the air at the moment because the storm uh, wreaked havoc on our transmitter and the engineers are on their way over here to see what they can do about it. Uh, So if you've been trying to listen to 1260 and say it's not on, we know, we're aware. Thank you for letting us know. Uh, We were aware as it happened. um, But again, we have no control over that. The storm did something and the engineers are on their way. Uh, hoping to be able to fix that. So anyway, we're happy to be here, my friends. I mean, you know, I have a, a few more minutes left in this segment before we go take a break, and then I'm going to come back and share with you some of the Holy Father's general audience. But I did mention this to you yesterday, um, and it's it's been it's it's a regular news story. I, I don't I'm not into you know the the politics end of what's going on out in the world today. I think we always need to pray for our president. We need to pray for our elected officials. Um, Remember, they work for us. We, the people, that's who they work for. We're not working for them. We work. They work for us. We elected them into those positions, and by our taxes, we pay them. So let's never forget that. That's America. That's what this government was founded on. We have to pay, uh, pray for our president, who has the weight of the world upon his shoulders, uh, you know as well as I, whether you, you, whatever, no matter what your feeling is about Donald Trump, President Trump, uh, you have, if you're honest, you know that there are many, many people who do not like him and who want him out. They want him gone. They wanted him gone before he got in. So he's had to deal with a lot. And it's been one thing after the other, especially the past year or so, that he's had to deal with, uh, none of which was his his fault. I mean, he, he didn't create the virus. He didn't uh, create the situation in Minneapolis that spurred all of this other, uh, you know, violence and rioting that's been going on in the country. Um, but as you know, uh, yesterday, the president um, visited the St. John Paul II National Shrine in Washington, D.C., um, and this was planned, even before all this trouble in our country began. It was planned and uh, put on his schedule. Uh, he, and he went there to sign an international religious freedom executive order. A religious freedom executive order. And it was scheduled some time ago. But unfortunately, the Archbishop of Washington... Archbishop Gregory called the visit to that shrine reprehensible. Uh, he went there, you know, and, and um, to sign this this uh, international religious freedom uh, act, and he wanted to go to Saint John Paul II Center there in Washington. Uh, who himself, as you know, was an advocate of religious liberty throughout his pontificate. And the shrine official shrine statement said international religious freedom receives widespread bipartisan support, including unanimous passage of legislation in defense of persecuted Christians and religious minorities around the world. And the shrine said that the shrine welcomes all people to come and pray and learn about the legacy of John of St. John Paul II. Um, of course, this was 
a night after all of the unrest in Washington and the Archbishop of Washington, Wilton Gregory, said yesterday morning, I find it baffling, and this is a quote, I find it baffling and reprehensible that any Catholic facility would allow itself to be so egregiously misused and manipulated in a fashion that violates our religious principles, which call us to defend the rights of all people, even those with whom we might disagree. I'm not quite sure where the archbishop was coming from. He said, St. Pope John Paul II was an ardent defender of the rights and dignity of human beings. His legacy bears vivid witness to that truth. And then he said he certainly would not condone the use of tear gas and other deterrents to silence, scatter, or intimidate them for a photo opportunity in front of a place of worship and peace. And that's reference to the, the uh, day before, the evening before, when there were protesters uh, in Lafayette Park there uh, um, outside of St. John or near St. John, uh, the Episcopal Church there, that the night before that had been set ablaze. And it's basically across the street from the White House. And the president made a decision to go over to the church as a sign of leadership. Uh, he brought a Bible, he, I guess, to just express his, to show a sign of not being afraid of what was going on. Whatever the situation, whatever, whatever his rationale was, he did it. But prior to that, the um, Secret Service, and I believe the National Guard were there, uh, as were the uh, D.C. police, and they asked the protesters to move back. They're going to protect the president. That's their job. And whether you like him or not, he has to be protected, and especially in such a volatile environment that we find ourselves in. So with a loudspeaker, as was mentioned today in this they asked the the protesters to move back because they had to make you know enough uh, room for security reasons, and they asked them three times, and they did not move. And then, as it was told today at a press conference, uh, a couple of rocks were thrown at the Secret Service and the and the uh, the police, and a couple of uh, bottles of frozen water went their way, and the the. Rumor was that they then, the, the authorities, used tear gas and rubber bullets, and they said today that never happened. They never used tear gas. They never used that type of force. But they had to move them back. Anyway, that being said, and that all that came out today, reiterated by uh, the authorities who, the uh, press secretary from for the president and also the authorities, Department of the Defense, um, I just yesterday when this was said, regardless, I think Archbishop Gregory to make that kind of statement against the president at this time and a president who has been very, very favorable to religious freedom as he was doing, showing, making that point by going to the St. Pope John Paul II Center and, and uh, signing that Religious Freedom Act. And the, who has been very friendly to the the church regarding pro life measures and 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 uh, other areas of of uh, faith, 
to say that and be that way, I think is just, I think that's reprehensible. I think the archbishop ought to be ashamed of, of himself. And I think I wish he would have been more vocal or as vocal as he was yesterday uh, when they were uh, leaving abortion clinics open as uh, necessary uh, services during the, epi- during the pandemic or other areas. And I, I looked back and, and there was a, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a memorial service for the longtime ABC reporter Cokie Roberts who had passed away. I, I guess she was Catholic. There was a memorial, memorial service and Archbishop Gregory was there. I guess it was giving the uh, eulogy with the archbishop sitting in his in his throne. There was uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi. So the church needs to be bold in faith. The church needs to speak up for what we believe, and the church needs to be out there in the fore promoting the gospel. And what Archbishop Gregory did yesterday, I think, was very, very unfortunate. I'm very, very disappointed in our church. This morning I was watching uh, Fox News, and there was a a report on this young African-American man, probably 25, 30 years old, in Minneapolis, who just was so touched by all that was happening in his city that he began a GoFundMe page, and he was raising thousands of dollars to help those businesses uh, who were looted and and destroyed in the rioting a number of nights ago. And he and another a few, a couple of other women from uh, surrounding Baptist churches were raising money to get food and, and supplies for those people who didn't have it because the stores were now closed. What a great act that was. And I, I, I wish, and, and forgive me if it's not happening, I wish we would see more of our church doing that than doing what Archbishop Gregory did to speak out in a political way against the president. My opinion... Um, and I know it's the opinion of many. I think we're all very, very uh, hurt by that and, and angry. I think we should be angry, too. All right, I'm going to take a break. When I come back, Holy Father, Saint, uh, not Saint yet, but Pope Francis uh, in his Wednesday general audience. So stay where you are, my friends. Be back with more. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on domestic church radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the Word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant, yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed 
teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen In prayer, do not do all the talking. If you went into a doctor's office, you would not rattle off the symptoms and then rush out. How did you learn to speak the English language? You learned to speak by listening, did you not? How does a scientist learn the laws of nature? By imposing laws upon nature? No, he sits down passively before nature and says to nature, now you reveal to me your secrets. So we are not constantly to be yapping in prayer. Sacred scripture says, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We often change that. And we say, listen, Lord, thy servant speaketh. In prayer, therefore, we must not only speak, we must also listen. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Yardley to Yardville, Seagirt to Spotswood, Matawan to Manalapan, from Lakewood to Long Branch, Asbury Park to Adelphia, Morrisville to Marlboro, Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All righty, welcome back. Well, it is Wednesday, and as he does most every Wednesday over in the Eternal City, which is now opening up, uh, Holy Father Pope Francis gave his Wednesday general audience, so we'll get to that in just a moment. Before we do that, though, my brothers and sisters, you know a lot of our parishes are now beginning to open up, and in fact, uh, this Friday on Friday Live, uh, joining Cheryl and me by phone will be the Bishop of Trenton, Bishop O'Connell, and he'll give us an update on uh, all of that, I'm sure. Uh, but as you know, it's not the same, and uh, things are different. One of the big changes I think we're going to see, as I understand it, is people will no longer have access to their missalettes or hymnals. But you know what? 
If you have your free Domestic Church Media mobile app, you don't need it. Because on our app, in addition to everything Domestic Church Media, all of our archive programs, Listen Live, our videos, all that is on there. Our website is on there. But in addition to that, there's so much more included with your app free. The whole thing is free. It doesn't cost you a cent. Are the readings of the day, every day, the readings are there for you. So when you go to Mass on Sunday, uh, however you go, if you're watching the live stream or you're going to drive in or as they gradually open churches and you're able to get into the church proper, but there are no missalettes in your car, no missalettes in the pew, no missalettes at home, you can use your domestic church media mobile app to follow along. The readings are there every day, including Sundays, and the order of the Mass, so you can follow along just like you would in a missalette. When it comes time for the Creed, if you don't have it memorized, you can pray the Creed. It's in there. The whole order of the Mass is in there. And we've also now added a Catholic hymnal. So you can search the hymn by name and and uh, sing along. Uh, it's all there for free. It doesn't cost you anything. We're footing the bill for that. Uh, we made the decision last fall. I thought this app was something that was so neat and so thorough in everything we need as Catholics as far as resources go. Plus, as I said, all things domestic church media. It's all there on one app in the palm of your hand, on your tablet, your phone, for both your Apple devices and your Android devices. It's, it's free. Uh, just go to your app store, search for Domestic Church Media, download the app, and then you can use that. And as I said, because one of the changes we are going to see, because they don't want people, uh, I guess, you know, multiple people handling the missalettes and the hymnals. They're afraid of the germs. Uh you don't need them anyway now because you have the free domestic church media mobile app. We've had over 1,100 downloads of this app recently uh, all over the world. I'm so excited. I, I, they show me the map where people have downloaded and listen on our app, and I think it's every continent except Antarctica. So we have to get some advertising in Penguin Journals or something so the penguins can know what to do. But everybody else and every other continent on the globe has downloaded, or people in those places, some people have downloaded our free mobile. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody downloaded it? But some people have downloaded the free mobile app, and you can too. It's free. It doesn't cost you a cent. We're paying for it. So take advantage of that. Go to your app store, search for domestic church media on your uh, Google store, your or Android store, wherever you get your apps from, your your Apple store, your app store, um, and download it because it's free and it has everything you need. And so when you go to Mass, whether you're in your car or sitting in the pew or at home watching the live stream, you can follow along. The readings will be there every day, including Sundays, and the order of the Mass is there, and uh, the hymnal is there, plus there's so much more. As I said, everything domestic, everything you need for domestic church media, you can listen to our stream, you can listen to our podcast, you can watch our videos, uh, both those that have already been recorded and those that are live, uh, all right there on your app. And then the National Catholic Register is there, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the whole Bible, the whole catechism, morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, all there. Uh, the Los uh, Romano, the official uh, newspaper of the Vatican is there. Uh, the Monitor, the uh, Catholic Star Herald. <laughs> so it's, it's all there. 
and it's free. Doesn't and so you used to have all these other apps you had to go to. I know I did, but now all I have to do is open my domestic church media mobile app, and it's all right there. So take advantage of that, because now when you go back to church, the hymnals and the missalettes will not be in the pews. And if you want a, a liturgy aid, you can just pull out the the free domestic church media mobile app, and that's all you need. Okay, so let's do this. Let's go to the Holy Father, and this was from his um, general audience today over in Rome. Did I miss it up? Where did I put it? (laughs) Sometimes I get a little bit too much going on, and I I get a little confused. Um, Where is it? Okay, there we go. See, I have so many resources in front of me. I have the monitors for our video. I have my little laptop that I use for, you know, sharing with you all this information. I have the control board. I have uh, the recording of the program. It's all there. And it's just me. That's okay, though. Uh, this is this is why I'm here. Um, so today, at the center of the Holy Father's Catechesis, on prayer, which he began a number of weeks ago, was the figure of Abraham. The Holy Father explained that with this father of faith, we see a new way of relating to God. Abraham, the Holy Father said, hears a voice that resonates in his life. It's the voice that encourages him to uproot himself from his homeland, from the roots of his family, to move towards a new, different future. And the Holy Father underlined that Abraham does this on the basis of trust and the promise that his lineage will be as numerous as the stars that dot the sky. And this is special to me, my friends, because I remember many, many years ago, way, way back in the last century when we began uh, to really begin to feel the calling into apostolate. As we were just beginning domestic church media, where it was it was a an inspiration, a prompting, in prayer back in the early two thousands, and Cheryl and I, we had a young family. Our kids were all in grammar school. Obviously, with everything ahead, you know, high school, college, all that stuff ahead of us, and I had a good job at uh, you know FedEx, a Fortune five hundred company, with all the perks that went along with it, and a and a, a grooming me for upper management and beyond and all these things. And I remember my senior manager was always, you know, uh, giving me more and more to do as he, he was trying to prepare me. And he was a real corporate guy trying to prepare me for uh, the upper echelons of, of FedEx. But when I felt the Holy Spirit call, or as Holy Father said with Abraham, you know, this this voice that resonated, that encouraged me to, as my uh, dear friend, God rest his soul, Father Henry Doherty said, get out of the boat, start walking. God wants you to do this. But as we began, you know, things are not easy when you start apostolate. You just don't know where you're going. You know you have to do it, and you know that the Lord will never abandon you, but you know that the road will be rough at times. And I remember going to Father Tim, my, my wonderful spiritual director, and saying, Father, you know, sometimes I have a little doubt. Am I doing the right thing? I have, you know, married. We have these young children. We have a mortgage. We have car payments. We have school. And 
he said, Jim, and he was very, very, very uh, stern. He said, you have to be like Abraham, and your family has to follow you. And so as I'm reading this, it really touches my heart, because the Holy Father hits it right on the head, that when Abraham hears this voice that resonates in his life, the voice that encourages him to uproot himself and his family to move towards a new, different future. He does this on total trust and the promise that the Lord gave him that his lineage would be as numerous as the stars that dot the sky. And with this trust, the Holy Father said, comes a new way of conceiving our relationship with God. It's for this reason that the patriarch Abraham is present in the Jew, uh, in the great uh, Jewish, Christian, Islamic spiritual tra- traditions as the perfect man of God, capable of submitting to him even when his will is difficult, even if not incomprehensible. And I'm sure, my brothers and sisters, those of you listening now, those of you watching right now, so many of you, if not all of you, have had times in your life where you, in prayer, felt the Lord leading you and prompting you into a particular direction that you thought, but if I do that, it's going to be so tough. In fact, I don't even know if I can do that. Right? We see that. And and what is it then that prompts us to continue that journey, to take those steps I'm often brought back, I, you know, you have, as I get older, all these images of, of particular moments in time uh, when it comes to the apostolate. And and I, I remember one, one morning, we had no radio station. We had, didn't even have one on, on the uh, radar. Just, we knew we wanted one. And the Lord would every now and then bring me, and one of my, again, God bless him, Brian Middleton, who we pray for his daughter Maria every day. Uh, he and Susan uh, have been with Cheryl and me from the very, very, very beginning. They were the ones who encouraged me. Brian himself, a very successful entrepreneur, and both he and, and Susan, very faithful, beautiful uh, children of God and Catholics, great Catholics. Uh, he would come with me, and he had a job. But I would, I would say, I can't do this by myself. I need your your guidance, your direction. We would, we would, we'd go out on these treks, <laughs> we'd go out on these journeys. But I remember one, and we'd meet people. That, that was the thing. We'd go out and meet people. We laugh about it now because some of the adventures we had were just. We have to put them down on paper because they're almost unbelievable. But this was a, a morning. I forget. We had we had to go up to North Jersey somewhere to meet somebody. And we were at my house. We met at my house, Brian, myself, and another gentleman who was with us at the time, no longer with us, but it was then. And Cheryl was making us breakfast. And we were just sitting in the dining room of my home and having breakfast, talking about this vision of what I believe the Lord had placed on my heart. And we had nothing but the vision. And here we are, probably 
17 years later, with all that the Lord has blessed us with, that 17 years ago was nothing more than a vision. That taught us and taught me especially, and Cheryl, but me especially because I doing this this mission of apostolate to trust in such a way that even if this is difficult, even knowing this is going to be, I mean, when they were first, we were first talking about uh, getting radio stations, we were talking about having to raise millions of dollars, m- millions. It was, to me, incomprehensible. I thought, <laughs> how... And they would assure me, my friends, Brian and other people who were with us at the time, assured me that there are people out there who have money who will help you. So they were like my Simons of Cyrene so many times, you know, kind of carry, help me carry that cross. But it, it, it built up our trust and it allowed us to see that if it is truly God's will, he will take care of us. He will see us through. So Holy Father again, in teaching about Abraham, said from that point on, the life of believers has been seen in terms of vocation, a personal call to live one's life in fulfillment of God's promises. The Holy Father described how in the book of Genesis, we see Abraham's obedience to the word marks a radically new step in the religious development of man. He said, God is no longer seen only in cosmic phenomena, as a distant God who can inspire terror. The God of Abraham, the Holy Father said, becomes the God who guides our steps, who does not abandon us, and who is the companion of our adventures. You see, that's such an important uh, understanding. Remember back in the 1980s, there was a song by Bette Midler, called From a Distance. I think it was the 80s or you know, late 80s, early 90s. From a Distance. That was the name of the song. And the, the refrain of the song was a pop song. It wasn't a religious song. It was a pop song. Well, Bette Midler did it. The refrain of the song was, God will be watching us from a distance. And the whole theme was, God is somewhere distant. And it's, it's so it's so untrue. <laughs> God is not out there at a distant, you know, sitting on some throne far, far in a galaxy far, far away. Holy Father said that the example of Abraham, this what he called a radical new step in relationship with God. That he's no longer seen as this cosmic phenomenon, this, this distant God who inspired terror. But the God of Abraham who became the God and is the God for us, who guides our steps, who doesn't abandon us, and who is the companion of our adventures. Think about the cosmos. Think about all that's out there. You know, used to, we used to believe that it was the solar system and that was it. And we know now our solar system is but a speck in the galaxies upon galaxies that are out there. And our one true God created it all, 
yet still has such a an intense, intimate, loving relationship with each and every single one of his children, you and I included, of course. And people say, well, how can that be? He's God. Remember when we learned our, our catechism so many years ago? You know, about God. Where is he? God is everywhere. God is, was, is, and always will be. You know, our, our meek little mortal minds have difficulty computing that. But it's so true. And then the Holy Father quoted from the Catechism, uh, stressing that Abraham's prayer is expressed first by deeds, a man of silence. He constructs an altar to the Lord at each stage of his journey. This Abraham becomes familiar with God, capable of arguing with him, but always faithful. How about that? Have you had arguments with God? I, could win, I, I tell you, I, I've had many, many uh, a, a discussion with our Lord in our chapel across the way here. I remember Mother Angelica saying that one time. She was sitting in the chapel with this sour puss on, and one of her nuns came in and said, Mother, what's wrong? And, and she said, the Lord and I aren't talking today. <laughs> she was angry with Jesus. They weren't speaking. They were not on speaking terms that day. It's okay. God understands that. God understands our humanity. It's okay. And then the Holy Father said that Abraham goes wherever God leads him, even to the ultimate test of being asked to sacrifice his own son, Isaac. It's a scary story, isn't it? story of trust. Could we do that? Think about your own children. Could you take one of your own children up to the mountain based on what you're being told by this voice from above? To have that kind of faith. And the Holy Father said that God himself will stop Abraham's hand ready to strike because he has seen his total obedience. And then the Holy Father said that it is, it is uh, healthy to sometimes get angry with God because it's a form of prayer. I like that. It's true. Not to blaspheme, but you can get just like you might get angry with your spouse or your children or a good friend. He said only a son or daughter is capable of arguing with a father and uh, making up with him again. It's true. So Holy Father said, let us learn from Abraham to pray with faith, listening, walking, engaging in dialogue to the point of argument, but will always, but always willing to accept God's word and to put it into practice. You know, I found myself, and I'm sure you do too, most uh, um, ill at ease, I guess, in mission when you're fighting God's will. It's only when you confirm your will to God, you, you make your will compliant with God's. God's will, that you were, we are most uh, at peace. It may be a tough road to go down. Boy, oh boy, I, you know, I, I've shared with you oftentimes on this program through the years about tough situations we had to go through along the way and still do. You know, uh, that storm we had today, we got this new roof on our building back in September. And after this storm today, which you couldn't even see through the rain, I went outside to take a look and it's the whole thing is still intact. If that 
this roof had not been on our building, uh, the new roof, the old roof, I think, would have blown away. But we trust the Lord will see us through, no matter what we have to go through. Because he is not a distant God. As Holy Father said, the story of Abraham shows how this relationship between God and man became so intimate and so real, so loving, that we don't look at our God as a God who is at a distance, from a distance. He is a God who is present to us here and now. He is a God who loves us beyond any understanding we might have in this world, yet so close and so intimate that we can even get to the point of having an argument with him. <laughs> and I, 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 I love that because, you know, our God wants us to be at a point in our relationship with him where we can be free to express ourselves so deeply, to share our most intimate uh, expression and thought with him desires and and prayer. And he walks with us along the way. As I said, uh, you know, I've learned, and and I'm 65 years old, and I pray the Lord allows me to be here for a number of years ahead. I, I, I don't plan on going anywhere unless the Lord calls me out of here. And I pray that we can be together for many, many years to come here sharing this good news to bring you closer to God, to, as Mother would say, to tell everybody that Jesus loves you. That is the essence, as Mother said, the essence of evangelization. And that's why domestic church media exists to evangelize. God bless you all. God love you. Uh, Tomorrow, Thursday, Catechism Day. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, I look forward to being with you then. So thank you for being with me today. Let's keep praying, my brothers and sisters, for each other. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. God bless you. God love you. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening.